Welcome to On The Block with Richard Stone. Richard is a 40-something construction company owner based in the UK. His passions are technology, business automation, customer experience, and helping other small business owners using his own valuable life and business experience. This podcast will be a mixture of solo spots, casual conversation, as well as inspirational key people of influence from their respective fields. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy listening. Here is your host, Richard Stone. Right, so we're here today in what should have been a sunny Tenerife. It's sunny and a bit breezy. It's not too bad. Do you know what? There's worse places to be when you can do this as a job, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And it has been a great week of weather. It's been an amazing week. So we're here because Andy runs a retreat, which I was fortunate enough to be on. Um, And we've actually had a week here working, which how many people can say that they've done a week's work and they've actually done it in an amazing villa with a pool in a foreign country? it's cold and wet and miserable in England on site, so. It's, it's a different week of work, yeah. uh, and it's an important week of work. It's almost like you take yourself out of work to work on the business. You're working on the business, exactly. Rather on than the business, not in and, and by getting away from your normal day-to-day stuff, with the phone ringing, the emails, the site visits, or whatever you do, like you say, you're out here, like-minded people, no distractions. It's something that hardly anybody ever does, but as you've experienced, it's a really important thing to do. And, you know, we're in January, it's a good time to do it as well. I think for us, because we both work in the construction industry, it's the best time to do it, because it's normally a relatively quiet month, so it's easier to kind of sort of plan it into your, to, yeah. into your diary, because we've all got businesses, we've all got stuff that we're trying to achieve, so it's the best time. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are about how many people do or don't go on retreats. I don't know if there even are any, but... I wouldn't imagine there's that many people, given the feedback I've had about what you're going on a retreat. Wow, who? I don't think a lot of people have even heard of it. They haven't. You know, and, and as you've seen from social media, um, people are like, what are you doing out there for a week? And tell me a bit more about it. And as some of the comments have come in from this week, from people's experiences, obviously people are a bit curious, saying, well, you know, I saw you go out there a week ago, and now I'm seeing these comments about how you had all these epiphanies, clarity, um, can't wait to get back to work. That's not what many people say on January, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. definitely not. There's not many people in January that are buzzing to get back and, no. and get back. So I mean, I'm going home a day early, but for family reasons. But part of that will be that we will actually get some extra time to start sort of action yeah. and stuff that, that I've seen and gone through and sort of worked in this week. So, do you want to just give me a little bit about? I know you sort of you, you originally started in construction. That's what you wanted to do, yeah. and that's what all you've ever done. But do you want to just talk to me through? kind of your sort of journey in your early years of, of construction and property. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've always been a bit of a, a, a hands person. I've always, it, from my school days, for me, I felt like I could, I could only earn money with my hands. Yeah. Um, my dad used to fix things. You know, he was, he was, even though he was a postman, he was one of these people that if the washing machine broke, he'd take it apart, figure it out, fix it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I looked up to that and I thought, wow, that's clever. You know, um, and in school I wasn't really, I certainly wasn't inspired to sit behind a desk. Uh, you know, I may have had the odd day bunking off going down the brickyards on the motorbike. Um, but you know, if you're not inspired by something, and this is something that people need to recognise at an early age, 
you're not inspired as a reason for it, you know, it's not your passion and don't enjoy it. You need to find something that you do. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I was going to become a carpenter. My I've got no my family's got no skills, no businesses, no academics, and no university. So all my family really have just had jobs and employment. Right. Um, and when I wanted to get a trade, um, I went to the careers office with my mum, and they said you've got to go and do this test. It's an aptitude test. It's out of 100. I went to college, did the test. I got 99 out of 100. And the guy said to me, look, you're the only second person that's ever got that score in the history of these tests. And he said, you're going to be wasted as a trade. You need to go and do project management or site agent. Or... And I was like, I don't want to work in an office. And my dad was trying to push me and say, let's um, if he says you need to go in an office, and I said, no. So I was going to become a carpenter. And then my brother-in-law came round to my house. He's a carpenter. Uh, I had all these tools out doing the kitchen. I was like, wow, that's a lot of tools. And he'd been learning a bit of bricklaying, and he, uh, he was going to build a little wall around the back of our pond. And I just saw a level, trial, point nine, foot spring lines, and thought, that looks more cost effective to be able to set up as a bricklayer than a carpenter. And like, my dad's a bit tight, and I think he inherited his genes. That's how I became a bricklayer. And I went to college, um, loved every minute, minute of it. Um, I became the third best bricklayer in the country by entering competitions. And I think we spoke about this yesterday. I mean, yeah, you've either got it or you haven't, and you can learn it, but I think my attitude was, if I turn up every day and do what I'm told, I'm going to learn what it is I'm learning. And I've got no excuses, it's down to me. And I did see that some of the lads there, they was on site, maybe they were picking up bad habits, the drinking culture put on a Friday afternoon. <coughs> and those guys, unfortunately, didn't go on to to complete their brick lane, you know, apprenticeships. Um, so I learned a lot at an early age, you know, pretty quick really. Because um, you weren't on site doing brick lane, that's a really important point. Oh yeah, yeah, I told you You weren't on site, were you? Yeah. You were, so, you were doing something different, and I think that might have actually had quite a big part. So yeah, so I just, became the third best brick in the country, and the irony is, I've never laid a brick on site. But because I was doing maintenance work yeah. for the council, um, so I was learning roof tiling, plastering, um, like ceramic tiling, and we do bits of rendering and floor cuts, floor screens. So I learned, you know, a variety of trades and from day one, and I think one thing I learned at a very young age is, if you, it's good to be a bit at your craft, but if I'd have just relied on bricklaying, and I did it in a recession, 1991 yeah. to 1993. Really, probably the hardest recession it was. Um, and I learned that by having these multi-skills, it meant I could turn my hands to pretty much anything in employment and customers would ask me to can you do this, can you yeah, I can block home drawing, no problem. Um, I mean going back on that, you know, there was 30 of us in my year at college and within 12 months there was only two of us employed because of the recession. You know, uh, and then I wanted to leave my job because all the lads were on site, bit laying yeah. on like, earning three or four times the money yeah. I was. But my mum and dad said, no, stick at your friendship, get your papers. Yeah. And it, you know, it was the best advice, that, you know, as you know, mum made us. And they gave me the right advice, and I, and I stuck it out and got my qualifications. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point, because, you know, there are people that don't stick things out, and they're, you know, that's, that's also not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think sometimes when it's like that, and you are learning, you know, you have the classroom environment to learn the core trade, that's, that's always going to serve you. Absolutely. But the role you had at the council was actually, probably as valuable because to learn all of those other trades 
meant that you knew how all of those other players worked. And, you know, in a recession, it's hard to come across a town note. And, you know, if you can do a few bits of work on someone's house in a domestic environment, with whatever those trades might be, to make sure you're putting bread on the table, then that's got to be really valuable. Did you yeah. find that that was beneficial, having that access to all that? Yeah, a lot of this week we've been looking back at our wins and challenges and the lessons we've learned in life. And that, that did learn me a big lesson. It's like, look, if you rely on one thing, just like one stream of income, exactly. it's almost like if that is took away or you can't get that, you know, and you've got someone to provide, you've got responsibilities. Um, yeah, so learning multi skills is great. I think the other thing is I've got to enjoy doing a different way. I, I'm a, I like learning. And like we talked about personal development, yeah. you know, we like to read. Something we'll never, never stop doing. Um, and I mean, that, yeah, I became, you know, I could, I could plumb, I could fit boilers, I could rewire houses, I could drive machines, um, I could draw. Plant. I literally got to the point where I could do everything from start to finish on building houses. That came from me wanting to learn, and then secondly bad trades out there, or people who want to charge you, you know, 100 quid for 10 minutes work. Uh, and I know there's different ways of looking at 100 quid for 10 minutes worth of work. Yeah, of course there is, yeah. <coughs> we, know, you know, we know about the price and the value of the cost. Exactly. But yeah, there, there yeah. still comes to a point where actually you do think, hold on a minute, I'm over my legs. <laughs> if this is great. Yeah, so I just thought, well, look, you know, if I can go and buy a few plumbing tools and do that job and it takes me 10 minutes, it meant I haven't got to wait for the plumber to come. That's, that's important when you're yeah, on a tight like, I could have this seamless, mm. Uh, flow of work, mm. and if I took on an extension, I mean, instead of me just going there doing the brickwork, I'd have like three months' work where I could just do the whole lot. So, in a recession when you've had no work and you've had no money, to be able to say, well, actually, I can go in control now and everything I do, uh, it, was, it was quite good. Hard work, yeah. But, but, good. but I would imagine that probably, I would imagine, probably fed back in the feedback you got from customers because what a lot of customers hate in the domestic environment is, well, well, the plumber will be there tomorrow because the bricklayer told me that the chippy was coming for two days and he's done that and then the next trade was mm. XYZ and people really don't like that because it's the uncertainty and they almost feel like they've got a project manager extension when they're paying yeah. the builder whereas yeah. if you're doing the overwhelming majority of it I would imagine customers probably found that quite a good proposition okay? they did and you know I would go around to a customer's house to maybe do a small job you know a thousand pounds worth of work whatever and by the time you've done that work in the week, you know, they've got another 10 jobs for you and it's almost like they don't want you to leave yeah. because, you know, we've all had challenges finding good mechanics, good solicitors, uh, good estate agents, good builders, and you know what it's like, when you find someone that's good, it's almost like I just need to find something else for them to do because, you know, otherwise I might have to not be able to get them when I want them. Um, so it almost worked out that everybody wanted me, which was nice and humbling and I was good at my job you know I had pride in my job never cut corners took as long as it took mm. um, but when people want you all the time you've only got so many hours in the week yeah that's really hard I know my brother was at a carpet company and he, you know five shots and like, ran sort of like North London area and that was their biggest challenge was that because he, he was ma- probably 70% of his customer work was for Jewish families right. and they all loved Stephen yeah. and they wanted him and he found it really hard when he was sending another picture and they'd send, some, in some cases they would send him away right. so he might have a van with like six lots of carpet like 25-30,000 pounds of carpet mm. in a van to get fitted and I said no 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 come back when Stephen can fit it and that right. might be like yeah. four or six weeks time and there mm. were times when that really hurt his cash flow 
because he's got he's got a lot of money tied up in stock. So yeah. you can, it does hit, it can become a hindrance because you can't scale because it's all about you and exactly. actually tied to you as a person, isn't it? So yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things I was taught at a young age, um, my friend's dad was a builder and he offered me a job during my apprenticeship and that's when one said, no, put your apprenticeship out. Um, but he said to me, he said, look, if I could give you one bit of advice, he said, it takes years to build a good relationship, uh, to build um, a good reputation, mm. and it takes minutes to lose it. And he said, if you stick by those words, you'll never be out of work, uh, you'll get paid well, um, and you do things right. Mm. You know, and I've always stuck by that in, in whatever I've done, uh, and it's true, you know, it does take years to build a good reputation. Yeah, you can't do it in five minutes. But, you know, even more so now with social media, it takes minutes to lose that reputation more than ever. But there is such a thing as a bad customer, and there are people out there that yeah. are just throwing hells into people on stuff they're not qualified to have an opinion on, yeah. that there isn't actually anything wrong with it, yeah. just because they don't know what it should look like and how it actually should be done. Well, normally they'll say, I've seen it on YouTube, yeah. you do it this way. <laughs> exactly. And whether yeah. it's right or wrong, yeah, some yeah. fantastic people are sharing their work. There's 50 different ways to lay bricks, you know, there's 50 different ways to, yeah. to put a bathroom suite in. So there is, I'm not saying there's a right way and a wrong way, obviously there's a standard, but there is no right way and a wrong way. On yeah. the, on the it's about stuff. how you choose to do it. And some of that can actually be down to like, how different parts of your body have got strength than others haven't. I mean, yeah. ultimately... Health and safety is another one, how yeah. you do stuff, yeah. I mean, some, I mean that, there must be, you must get to the point where it becomes muscle memory pretty quickly with brick work, I mean, especially when you're on yeah. a line on site and it's repetitive. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you look at bricklaying, plastering, scaffolding is probably number one. Mm. It's very physical and it's very one side of your body. It is, yeah. You know, I'm not saying carpentry isn't, but, you, you know, using both hands and doing a lot of different stuff. But with bricklaying, it's all, left, you know, one-sided, scaffolding with one hand, one yeah. side of the old spanners and sort of impact drivers, plastering with one arm. So it's almost like your body is, is not going to last because one side of that body is getting too much work and the other mm. side of the body's got to compensate and uh, yeah, you know, most people's spines are like that, knees go. Yeah. Um, but you know, part of that was actually, you know, when I'm 19, I've just finished my apprenticeship, part of that was my reason for wanting to escape it. Mm. It's like I've just spent all this time getting qualified and then I wanted to get out of it and people were saying, well, why, why is that? And I said, well, look, I've been working for, I've been employed now for years and what I've noticed is the management, see themselves as being up here, the hierarchy, yep. and then you are, you're just the worker. Mm. Yeah, you know, and whereas my opinion is, whether you're a cleaner, uh, the maintenance man, um, you know, the admin staff, no business runs without all those people. No, it's one team. It's a, it's a whole team, exactly. And I, I always think, you know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, female, straight, get, we are all equal. We've all got dreams and aspirations. We've all got skills. You know, and that, that's the way I see it, you know, no judgment on anybody. Um, and that's why employment wasn't for me. And I walked out at 19 and said, you know what? I'm never going to work for anyone ever again in my life. And I was, luckily, I've, I've stuck by that rule. Um, and I've, I've done all right out of it. Um, but my dad was like, what are you doing? You've got a job for life there? And I yep. said, it's just not for me. This is, I think that's a, there's a bit of a generational thing in that, isn't there? Yeah, and I mean, at that particular time, my dad, um, he was a postman line driver. Uh, and he, you know, I said to him, I said, well, look, you're unhappy in your job, why don't you leave? And he said, well, I can't, I've got a pension. Yeah. And he said, I haven't got long left. And I thought, well, my dad's like 50 years old. When's he going to retire? And he said, no, I've only got 15 years left. And I'm, 
couldn't get my head around how someone was prepared to be in a, in a job they didn't like for the next 15 years, years to almost just say, well, look, I've just got to hang in there and when I'm 65, yeah. I'm going to be happy because I'm going to be free. And I just, well, that's just confirmed why I need to walk away from employment. See, the next bit, I mean, that's, that's fascinating. It really is. And I think there's a lot of lessons in there, especially for the people in like, charities that find yeah. them, like kids that are sort of wanting to come into construction. I think they'd get value from that. But the next part of your journey, I find absolutely fascinating because what, you literally tipped it upside down and went, I've retired. You must, yeah. be, you must be the youngest person to have retired. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. like you said, I did flip it up. I did my apprenticeship, I retired, and then I sort of went to work. Mm. Uh, and I'll explain a bit more about that, because I had retired at 19 years old, you know, £29.50 a week as an apprenticeship. Um, but what I did, you know, during that employment, um, I was lucky to work with an elderly guy who was in his 60s, been there since he was 14, when he started working at 14 back then. They still had an electrician who went around on a trading bike when I was there. Oh, wow. Never drove, never got a driving license. Yeah. Um, but what I did notice that, you know, people worked till 65 and they did get the gold watch mm. as a, as a yeah. thank you very much for 52 mm. years of your service. Um, but I was noticing that it was almost like within a matter of one or two years, just dying. Mm. And one thing I've noticed, I've got a lot, lot of friends whose dads have worked in places like Perkins Engines. And, you know, these are jobs for life, yeah. you know, or they were. Yeah. And it's almost like they work Monday to Friday, weekends they earn either you know, a bit of cash in the building game or they get paid good overtime money at the weekend. And when you go from six or seven days a week of just working, it's people week every and then all of a sudden you go into retirement, it's almost like the body just says, well, I haven't really got much else to live for now. Yeah. You know, when I'm gone, your mortgage is paid, life insurance pays out, pensions, whatever. I've got no purpose to be on the planet anymore, and you don't, you don't need me. So, and it's almost like I just saw people dropping like flies. So, and I just thought, well, do you know what? I want to go and do ski seasons. Um, my passion is climbing, even though I live in the fens. Where you know, it couldn't get much flat. Yeah, one meter. Do you think that was part of it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the mountains, uh, and like here, you know, just got being adored with the weather and. I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to go and do. All, I'm going to have my retirement now. I'm going to how I'm going to do it. Mm. Well, I have a little bit of money, so yes. I went on holiday, come back, and I realised that my trade was very good in the fact that I could just dip in and out whenever I wanted. So I could come back to work, go on a site, lay bricks for two or three weeks, earn a few quid, and go again. And, you could just, and, I, and I thought you can't do that with a career, no, because you've got a CV, mm. and they're going to say, well, what's all these gaps mm. of? Yeah. you doing this and if you've done that three times you're more likely to do it for me so I'm not going to employ you but with construction it's almost like there's plenty of work good money um, and yeah it, it suited my lifestyle so I have 13 years of travelling um, which was a pretty good retirement and I, yeah I've got through ski seasons I've travelled around uh, in Europe in a motorhome I cycled over Morocco Turkey New Zealand all over Europe climbed all over the world um, with the sixth highest mountain in the world had like five climbing seasons. I went to work all over Europe on campsites. Um, and whatever I wanted to do, I just did. And I did it on a budget. You know, I soon realised that actually 1500 quid can get me three months. Yeah. Whereas 1500 quid would get my mate two weeks in Magaluf, you know, pickling his liver. That, I'll come on to it later, but that is, that is one of the funniest things that I find amazing about you guys. Not just for your whole family, not just you. It's that, you know, you've done very well for yourself. That's quite apparent. Mm. But you are just standing covered. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we lived out of garages. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not so bad. I've always I've had ham sandwiches for 30 years on my lunch box. <laughs> <laughs> I think we took on this yesterday. But um, it can be an unhealthy lifestyle. It, you know, it generally is an unhealthy lifestyle. I mean, mm. how many times do you go in blocks and there's red... And my pet hate is these blooming energy drinks. Oh. And the cans are everywhere. And it's like... Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to get drink dispensers on our next site of energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to have vending machines at each yeah, plot. Don't blame I think we'll make more money doing that than that. I mean, we've just had a big wall done out the front of our house, and we had like a two and one gang do it. And you know, they were like one was 65, one was 73, one of them had throat cancer, and he'd come back because he didn't have a plan B. No. His trowel was his ticket to his, his food bill being paid at the end of the week. Yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really sort of try and talk to him about personal development and stuff, but, but I did have a chat with him about like, sort of their career, and they were like, yeah, we'll just work until we drop. and. My yeah. father-in-law is a machine driver, he's an agricultural contractor and, you know, I mean, it's kind of a bit of a family joke that, you know, he'll go in his machine, he'll yeah. go and sit in the cab of his dinner and... Which is, you know, somebody, if, he, if he's happy doing that... That's his happy place yeah. and, you know, you wouldn't want to take him out of that machine, that's what he... But then has he got a choice not to be in that machine until he drops? Did, yeah, in the last, sort of, two or three years, that's what we're sort of working on and that's a big part of my why, sort of mm. building my family's sort of security. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, I mean, you've definitely been on some journey, so you sort of stopped the cycle. Mm. What, what, what sort of came next when you had the journey? Um, I think pe once people knew I was back in the country and I'd settling down, uh, we decided to like, basically make our house like three times the size. Right. So I took a bit of time out doing that, and um, 2007-2008, another recession, so probably not the best timing. Uh, you know, I've been through it in my apprenticeship, but straight through. In a job I didn't enjoy, came back through the next recession, um, and then yeah, once people knew I was back, um, can you just, can you just, and I just started doing extensions, refurbishments, I was doing some properties up for a friend of mine, property investor, and that sort of got me interested in property investing at that time, because right, I was like, okay. how's he buying these properties with none of his own money, mm. um, and I was doing all the work, and he was paying me, you know, he paid me good money. Uh, and I was in control of these refurbs, mm -hmm. so I had to go and compete with Nottingham uh, and we'd be doing all this work. And I thought, yeah, I'm missing something here because I've got the skills mm -hmm. in my area. I mean, yeah, the yeah. skills in sourcing the property and buying it like twice, so I'm not going to take that away from you. Um, but I thought, yeah, I'm doing all the work and really I should be getting more of the benefit. Or, you know, when I, was, you know, he's got these cash producing uh, assets, so yeah, it's sort of like, Sparked something up in me. I thought, yeah, you know what? I need, I need to start looking into this. Mm. So, was that when you started doing sort of personal development on it, or how did you sort of look at how, where did you find the information? Because, you know, the web was around, but there yeah. was, it wasn't a wash of stuff as no, it is these days. No, not at all. Uh, I probably didn't even have, have the internet back then, uh, so I'm showing my age. But I think back then, when, when this guy was showing me a little bit about what he was doing, talking about selling rent back, you know, same day refinance, mortgage express. And I was busy doing my house up. Um, so that was a, vital, a really important lesson there. I was too busy focusing on one thing and all this was happening. This window of opportunity was happening and I was too busy to take advantage of it. But I did go and see uh, Robin Mark at Progressive when they, when they right. really first started out in the training. I was going to say, because I know you got involved yeah. relatively early, so was that when it... Well, I just went for a one-day free thing. I mean, like I said, I inherited my dad, dad's jeans. So I don't like paying for anything and it had the word free on it. So I went to London. Saw these guys talking. Lots taken, mm. um, but I thought, no, nah, they're not selling me anything. And we walked away. 
And then we ended up doing another couple of houses in the meantime. Right. Um, just busy, you know, I was 100 hours a week mm. working. And I just thought, I'm on pretty good money. I've got months of work lined up. Yeah. I wouldn't have said I thought I was successful, as a lot of people do. You know, being busy is not, doesn't mean say successful. Busy does not make equal no. success, does it? We've worked that out. But, you know, it, it was security. Mm. I, you know, I've, like I said, I've been through a recession on that house. And um, I did buy a couple of buy flats, you know, thousand pound in the market value was a discount for me back then leaving all my money in waiting for capital growth and set and forget and think well yeah when these properties double in value when i'm 55 60 i'll be able to there's nothing wrong with that that. because that's what you knew and you know as human beings we can only actually deploy strategies based on what we actually know so there's nothing wrong with that you know it's not funny that bad is it but no i mean i sold one yesterday uh you have one complete while we sat around the table and you know seventy thousand quid went in the bank yeah the property i never put any money into i got paid 12 and a half grand in my bank the day i completed and really it's never really had had our money boys you know you've had a little bit of cash flow off of it not much but but every month yeah 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 not been a bad thing Mm -hmm. but Obviously, my strategy's changed, which yeah. we can touch on later. Um, but I did think, I made a few mistakes, um, and I just carried on doing my own houses. Um, but yeah, I went to 100 hours a week, and you know, no one can sustain 100 hours a week. Um, we're working as hard as we can to give our kids the best life, which I never really saw. Mm. And I almost, I had to, that's why I had to change, because I, I saw myself heading, almost like my, where my dad was really, where my dad was working hard to, to provide the best for his family. But at what price? Mm. Mum was coming at a physical side, my dad's was just time side. Yeah. Well, I was, I was physical and time. Um, and yeah, it was, it was it was tough, you know. I wasn't seeing anybody, I had no social life, I was, I'd neglected my health and fitness, which, you know, I like my fitness, as you know. And it's almost like, <clears throat> how did I end up here? Mm. And I, I, it just kept saying yes. Yeah. Can you do this? How much do you want? Yes, I'll fit it in my diary. You know, and you leave the weekend before you know it. Got to work the weekend because we've got a job coming. It's good money. Yeah. Blah, blah. And that's the thing; it doesn't. It isn't a conscious decision. It, it just happens. It just evolves, doesn't it? Yeah, and I see it in trades all the time. You know, fear of having no work, no money yeah. coming in, and yet they've been doing it thirty years. With, with, oh no, I've never struggled for work. Exactly. <laughs> but you still got that fear factor. Yeah. That you're never going to get another job, or you know. It's, it's funny, you know, if I look back on my journey now, you know, I see so many similarities with all the guys out there like, on my social media. And like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do this stuff. But I don't see any way out for them with what they're doing. Yeah, not, they not with that strategy, and that's, and that's the important thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, you know, and it, I think the way, the reason, and one of the things that I hear a lot when I talk to people in your networks, which I'm part of it, is that the reason people like being in that network is because you're relatable. Yeah. Because you've been there, you're not just coaching something yeah. from a manual, you've actually lived this life. Yeah. You know emotionally and physically what it's what it feels like, what it's done to you and, and yeah. also because Sam's so heavily involved, she can talk about it from that side of it as well. And I think that really helps them yeah. when people sort of trying to understand how their part yeah, of it. Affects, affects my wife as well. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. Me. I mean one of the things there when you say to people I used to work hundred hours a week, I get I get remarks saying that's impossible and I'm like not impossible. I do 60, 70 hours a week on the tools. In the evenings, I'm looking at jobs, pricing jobs, paying invoices, ordering materials, mm-hmm. and they're like, 
right, maybe I'm doing a lot more hours than what I think. Yeah, and it's the light bulb comes up. Yeah, and it's like, actually, yeah, I was thinking I'm doing five days a week and, you know, 45 hours a week in the pool. You are, that's probably like two thirds of the actual 70 hour work. Exactly, and that's the thing, they don't add, they don't think about the fact they're sitting in the lap, on the laptop in the lounge, yeah. and their world's going like that, and their wife yeah. and their children's world, and they're not even involved in it. And yeah. Yeah. I've been just as guilty of it, of yeah. actually thinking I need to provide for my family, mm. but my head is so blinkered because all I'm thinking about is actually, you know, all this financial burden rests on me. I'm the one, because I'm, I'm quite an old, like, old school male, shit, like, exactly. Yeah. And all the, yeah. you just end up missing out on stuff, but that's why I said to you the other day, I've got to go and do this because I need yeah. to, I want to be on my daughter's parents' even, because part of me doing, making these changes and working with you is that they're the things that I am going to be there for. Yeah. And people don't see that. Uh, and like I say, it's just about being aware of how you ended up where you are, what's got you to that journey, you know, to that, that destination, and so that way. That doesn't have to be it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I've got time to change. Um, yeah. you know, we've had one guy here, Frank, with his part on the way, you know, 63 years old. He's not saying, well, I've only got two years left to retire. Exactly. just do nothing. He's like, as long as I'm happy for the rest of my life doing what I want to do, that's the most important thing to me. Yeah. And you can you know, figure it out. So I, I think one of the biggest things I've seen in construction and self-employment is tradesmen earn good money. They think about two or three weeks in front. That's as far as their diary yeah. sort of stretch. <clears throat> so they don't really have a business to plan. Uh, if they have an injury, it's all just took away from them when their business is over. Yeah, it's just got to overnight. Yeah. They haven't but got they a haven't, I'm not talking about retirement plans about 65 and just stop and do nothing. It's almost like you've got nothing in place to go from your 50, 60, 100, a grand a year job on the tools to when you pack up work. Your yeah. tools are down, you stop earning money. Mm, there's no exit strategy, is there? They, they don't stop. get any money away, probably got a little bit of savings, whatever, probably pay the mortgage off. Um, but they haven't got a strategy to say, well, look, if I can't no longer do this job one day, and it's normally around your 50s. Yeah, it's not, not when you're too old, you're stubborn to change. Generally, yeah. yeah, so I, I would just say to anybody, look, you've got to think of this as a long term thing. That are things in place, we talk about asset producing income. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was like that, I was 100 hours a week, and I was earning good money at the time. I mean, I'll, I'll say like 60 grand a year. Um, but, but when you work it out per hour, yeah. that's I'm the, probably about like 12 pound an hour. That's the know? killer, isn't it? And yeah. I've, I've done that exercise, and it, it's a really uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the change for me was, I, I had a few properties and I thought, I'll get some education, go and buy some more properties, and I did. And I just sat there and thought, this just can take me forever, and I haven't got forever. Mm. And I want to give something to my kids. You know, and I don't want them to have a job as a landlord. Um, you know, I've had tenants die on my properties. Yeah. I've had people who've tra- changed gender in my properties. Uh, I've had people that have ransacked my properties because we don't pay them. I've had the council say these are the best tenants in the world, we'll, we'll pay the rent direct, and they don't pay the rent direct, and we'll be chasing the rent, and we'll just do a run all yeah. But we've got more tenants, no. So after a bit of that, I said, no, no more. And I just thought, look, you know, I've been working with some developers over the years, and they're the ones that, you know, pull up on site in the Range Rovers <coughs> and make a lot of money. And I thought, I want that, but what else do I want out of it? And I thought, well, look, you know, Look at the big house builders. We know, you know, we could have a whole day just talking about the quality, um, <laughs> about, you know, and I thought, well, look, if I'm going to go building houses, I'm going to do it right. 
and, I'm, and I'm, it's not about the money. The money is a byproduct of just doing things right anyway, you know, whatever industry you're in. And I thought, like, I, I can produce good quality homes, I can make good money doing this, and hopefully some people might look at me and say, well, if Andy's done it, why can't I do it? You know, um, and I've got a lot of people, and I've been talking about this every week, not just the people I train, but I get a lot of people just message me. I can't tell you how much you inspire me. Um, I love what you're doing. It's got me thinking about things differently. And people ask me about how to raise money, and you know, I'll, yeah. I'll always answer the questions. Really. Um, and yeah, I've got people out there doing deals and making life-changing money, and I think, great. And one of the conversations I was having yesterday was about inspiration, wasn't it? Yeah, nice. And um, we were talking about how many ways you inspire people. And I said, well, I inspire people through my YouTube channel, through my social media, um, through letting them come to site, through my training, whatever. And when you, you know, we took that writing a book, you know, just trying to find as many ways as you can to get your journey out there to say, well, look, it's okay, you don't have to stay in a job for the rest of your life. You can change. Um, if you figure out what strategy is right for you, what you enjoy doing most, you'll just make money at as, as a byproduct, and it doesn't have to be millions of pounds, it can sometimes be exactly right. just it's enough. It just has to be enough for, to enable you to, to have that kind of that freedom of choice to actually spend your time. I mean, doing you've earned some great salaries the car, yeah, the suit, yeah, talk, oh, yeah. seven grand suit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, it's been not saying it didn't make you happy, but drilling back now, and, and you know, you say, Well, actually, I was dangled the carrot, and maybe it's, yeah. a, maybe it's a badge of honor. I earn this. Yeah, well, I'm not going to yeah. listen. I'm, I'm all about being honest and relatable. Yeah. And, and at the time, and I said to you when I did my, did my seat in, on the retreat that, yeah, massively, it pandered to my ego. And I was like, it was an ego-driven decision. Mm. Do you want to be the MD of three companies? Like, hell yeah, of course it does. But obviously, if that ego and that, that salary and that car is going to make you, you know, provide more money for your family and have the security, it's almost like every, anyone would do it. Do you see what I mean? Because it's... It's I right, think well, it, it's, it would take a seriously, seriously yeah. strong person yeah. with a lot of mental, mental strength, and have done a lot of PD to go to know what I've done with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you say, you're working your way up. Yeah. That means someone's valuing you for your knowledge. Yeah. You know, you've earned the stripes, done the time, got the experience. So yeah, it'd be really hard to walk away from someone saying, "Hey, mate, I'll give you only fifty grand a year in a pound." But well, yeah, why wouldn't I? That means I pay my mortgage. We can have a holiday. Yeah. And for me, that was what it was all about <laughs> because I've got married young. I've got divorced, it was quite expensive, it wasn't cheap, and I wanted to have that kind of that reset and yeah. that, to be able to go again. I've done a few flips um, like in the early 2000s, done all right, I mean, I made 60 grand out of one in about 14, 15 weeks, I've done, yeah. done a few, and it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't even really consciously contemplate, I didn't label it, it was just like, I'm going to buy an apple, flip it, and mm. make some money. It wasn't a property strategy, it no. was a, yeah. you know, it, it, it was just a way to sort of use my knowledge and and connections as well, I think, actually, leveraging the people that you know around you, that yeah. you know are going to do a good job. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely been a really, really kind of an up and down journey. And, and I'll never forget, when I, when I did some time at Dom Lang, we got asked to go to um, a school, which ironically is quite near me, and I actually went to a TEDx event there recently, and talked about construction. I was like, I've only been on site for about three weeks as a paid job. I've done labour and some donkey's years. But I had a chat with a few kids and it, and it was quite good and I did it, probably, I don't know, 20 or 30 times. When we would do a big job in London, because a lot of the major contracts I did were in London, mm. the considerate constructor scheme meant that we needed to engage with schools in the local area and, and I always loved doing it yeah. because 
The one thing that I do get hammered a lot for on social media is I absolutely love the construction industry. Yeah. And I will fight to the death to protect <laughs> it because I, it's been, it is, it's it's been really industry. good to me. Yeah, I've earned good money out of it. That's a good it's, friends. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. for me, it's about, it's, it's enabled me to provide for my family, but I've made some friendships. And I, and I count you as a friend now. Mm, you absolutely, know. Yeah. Um, that I'll keep for life. And yeah. we'll, you know, we'll go on and do deals together, we'll stay around each other, we'll do we'll have some fun, we'll support one another. Yeah. And for me, that's why I want to protect it, because yeah. there's too many people out there throwing mud in and grenades from the side, trying to absolutely bury people that are just trying to do a day's, yeah. a day's work. So. Yeah. And like we said, whether it's the 150 grand a year job with a car and a suit, etc., or the plaster is out there, exactly. you know, trying to get as many meters as he can done yeah. so he can provide the best for his family. Yeah. Everyone's on their own uh, journeys, and it's almost like people shouldn't bash them. No. They're trying to do the best. Everybody's trying to do the best. Exactly. In their They're all just trying to do their best, and mm. that's why I like doing the charity stuff. Yeah. That's my way of giving back to be able to inspire young people. And mm. you know, it's hard. I mean, the first time I sat in Newsbury, and they said to me, "Look, just talk about your journey." I got in floods of tears because. They, like, they asked me a few questions and, and I was like, I can either go to, I can just be the geezer in a suit and just give it the like, this is my CV. Mm. And I thought, do you know what, that's bollocks, I'm just going to be honest and open and, and talk. You know, I, there was nothing I said then that I didn't talk about, really, when I did my session the other day. Yeah. Because and I think, that, and that's how you speak to finish, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. This is, this is my talk, this is my story. Yeah. I'm not going to fluff it up and I'm not going to take, take bits out just to make someone feel good. Exactly, and it's just, for me now, it's kind of about inspiring people. We had that conversation the other day. And, that's where I want to go, yeah. and that's why I want to be building bigger sites at, so that I can create opportunities for people to come and, and do taster sessions. Because yeah. no one's going to know in two or three days whether that's what they want to do for the rest of their life. Yeah. But if you can create some meaningful employment opportunity for people to just dip the toe in their water and have a look. Yeah. And the thing that we've kind of learned through the Youth Build programme is that you know you get kids on a 12-week programme to do an apprenticeship, and they will have made, they will have gone from being over here to over here mentally in that 12 weeks. And they've yeah. done amazing work and they're really proud of what they've achieved, and they should be. But they might not just be ready to go on a site as an apprentice. Yeah. So if we can have this programme, which is what we're working on building out, where we give them a bit of a taster session on a broader spectrum of the trades, because there's only so much you can do in the classroom, you know what yeah. yeah. You can't teach groundwork in the classroom. No. No. But if we can give people a more of a flavour of the trades on the site, and that's where, that's where I see my future going, and I know it's something you're passionate about, which is why you've Absolutely. got that model with your, with your lads, isn't it? Yeah, which I mean, you, you touch on that, and I think, it's like anything, when you have a mastermind with two people, ten people, whatever, and you get ideas, and I think, well, that could be great to see, because like I say, someone might just want a, a two or three week taste of Groundworks, and there might be a company out there who's got a project on, which is you know, another young lad or a lady, just come on for two or three weeks, you know, not a full commitment of a yeah. three-year apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. say, well, look, you can work for two or three weeks. We'll give you a bit of money. Yeah. Um, if you like it, great. If we can offer your position, great. If not, and this is your career, go for it. So it's almost like that could be a part of, can I do that? Can I, yeah. can I offer people these um, two or three-week work experiences mm -hmm. with companies and then say, well, let me go and have a bit of plumber, do a bit of plumbing, yeah. and then go and do a bit of groundwork, see what you like. Cause the amount of people that get working outside in the winter doing groundwork and like, not for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, but then doing plumbing indoors in the summer, it's like, yeah, not for me. I'd so, rather be outside. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's, you know, just that idea of, you, you know, can we help people do that? I mean, I, you know, my sons, they did quit their apprenticeship. They were doing electrics and plumbing. So I've got two 19 year old boys, Luke and Luke. Um, 
and they were doing these apprenticeships. And I said to them, look, you know, just get a skill. Mm. If I drop down dead tomorrow, you're only like 17, 18 years old. At least, fall back on, yeah. at least get a skill where, you, and, and it's a skill where you can be, build a business easy. Um, you can take anywhere in the world. You can dip in and out, like mm. I did, so you've yeah. got your freedom. Um, you can go into agency work if you just wanted to work in the winter, yeah. have, you know, or work in some of winters off. Um, and they, they started doing it, and they worked for really good bosses. But I could clearly see they weren't happy. Mm. Um, and they, one of them, you know, Lewis came to me for me for a job first. He said, I want to do what you're doing. I went, well, okay, what about your apprenticeship? He said, I don't see the point in learning this for the next two years if I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. He said, because I'm just going to pay an electrician to do. Yeah. And I said, well, look, if that's what you want to do, I'll support you all I can. And then, you know, three or four months later, Luke was my <coughs> exactly the same. I don't want to spend the next two years at college. And I said, well, okay. I'd rather you be honest and, you know, I'll support you any way I can. Um, but what it's done is, I mean, they've learned, you know, crazy skills in the last couple of years since they've been doing it. I find it absolutely staggering. And I've watched probably a little bit from afar. We've had yeah. a quite a lot of engagement, but yeah. for a long time I've been watching, like, those bungalows. I mean, that... That video of Sam loading our blocks, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 my wife comes down just yeah. right now. But again. it's, you can clearly see, I mean, now there's like, there's periods of time where they're actually delivering quite a lot on site, and you're not actually there. Not even there. They've got the complete yeah, skills to be there this week. He's flying out here now, uh, today, so he's on a flight as we speak. Um, <clears throat> but they've sort of owned the responsibility. Mm. And I, I did say to him that, you know, if you prove yourself over this particular site, or the next two sites, um, I said we'll go from a wage to an equal profit share. So by now, and I've done it, mm. they are now my equal profit share. Mm. You know, twenty twenty-one year old, they're going to be six figures. Yeah, you know, um, but they've earned it. I was going to say, say make no mistake, they've earned every bit. Now. I don't want people to think that that's just no silver spoon. spoon. They've they earned yeah. every single penny and beyond. But not just um, inside. You know, they've been in the classroom, they've done their SMSTS. Sat in a mentoring session. Sat in a mentoring session. They're building digital assets for you, they're delivering training stuff, they're creating stuff in the background. Sat in a mentoring retreat, sat in your session. Yeah, and you know, they're clearly seeing that construction or trade is really just a small part of actually creating a lifestyle you want. It's almost like part of a vehicle, but they didn't just want to rely on being that one trade for the rest of their life. Um, I mean, what, what's happened is, with my sons working on the sites, because we do a lot of weekend work, I mean, I could sit in there and I'd have to work a day and again. I don't mean that bragging right, mm. but I work because I'm with my sons. And then what, the reason we work weekends a lot of the time is because their mates come in from school, they're yeah. like 19 years old. And some of them work, and some of them have got different stuff. But they come in and work with us, and we just say, look, have a go at a bit of plumbing. Come up here and put some trusses up with us. Mm. We teach them a bit about health and safety, the, the actual process of construction. And I said to the guys yesterday, I said, well, look, when they come in and we're, we're like gravelling some drives, I'll show them how to operate the digger. And within minutes, they're driving the digger and I'm, on the, the, I'm on the yeah. wheelbarrow. And people are like, that's just crazy. And even if, I'm like, look, I just want you to have a taste of what you could be doing. Mm. Uh, and then I explained to them, I said, well, look, this is what you get as a tradesman. They're great. Mm. Blah, 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 and then say this week gets a developer. You know, so he's just giving him a taste of something. You can be whoever you want to be. You just need to go figure it out. And yeah. It's been rewarding for me to see some of these lads come in and, you know, work hard. I always 
was paying some money, buying a bit of lunch. Um, but they're, they're bloody skilled. You know, and I think we're in a country now where it's too quick to label the youth as lazy, useless, always got their heads in the phones. I mean, yeah, it's a different culture. And there's no two ways. You know, these things, they can be the best or worst things in your life. But you can't go label all kids like that. No, I, you can't at all. I just think we, not we, but they just haven't learned what they really enjoy doing because they just don't get the chance. They haven't been given the opportunity to, have they? Yeah, I and mean, I don't think they've been given, like you said about giving them the opportunity for the trades, but which is great and because that's something that I want to do as well. But I think it's almost as important, if not more important, the stuff when you talk about and explain the numbers and stuff behind it and actually where the profits sit and what they can actually yeah. achieve because yeah. they are never going to get that anywhere else. No. I mean, you know, I, I explain to these guys about leverage and they're like, I get it. Mm. You know, because I say to them, look, one of the biggest things when I started learning about my journey was once I heard the phrase trading time for money, mm. Well, when you're earning 100 hours a week and you want to earn more money, you ain't got no hours left. Exactly. <laughs> you're right. You know, it, your mate is running. say, well, it's obvious. Mm. But you, you just don't see it. Um, I mean, one thing I'd say to, to anyone here who's watching this, whether you're 17, 18, 19 years old, or even if you're older, if you want to get into construction, you just contact a few companies. I mean, I've got thousands of real decent mm. trades on my social media. And if you just DM them, and just say, look, is it possible to come and do two or three weeks, weeks work for you? I don't want any money. Mm. I just want to learn a bit about the job. And I'd, I'd love the opportunity to um, you know, come and spend a couple mm. of weeks with you guys. And just go and volunteer your time. Uh, I'm 99% sure you're going to get paid for it at the end of the two yeah, years. Yeah, most if, people if will. Not, if you turn up and show a bit of, of a career, so willing, then yeah. you'll definitely get something out of it. If it's not just the education, most people, I mean, I've, I've never come across somebody that would want someone on site and they won't give them something yeah. for it if they were producing something and, and actually I'll, being engaged. I'll tell you exactly how my son Luke got his coming apprenticeship. So me and, me and my son Luke was building a bungalow and we set ourselves a challenge to build a bungalow in 50 days mm. and 50 grand. And we, we finished it bang on time. <laughs> so my son did all the plumbing, mm. bearing in mind he's 17 at this time and he's still at school. Mm. <clears throat> so after school he finished it in time, come down to site. And we'll do some work. Well, I, I don't remember. No, I've never told this story. So he would come down. So my son said, Well, I'll do all the plumbing. So, okay. Um, and we got, a, we got a plumber friend of ours, and he's, he's related to the guy, one of the guys that sat here this week. We talked about okay. So he came in to look at the boiler, and we just thought, Well, look, after this house, you know, he's got to leave school, he wants to just come in the friendship. So I just said to the plumber, I said, Oh, um, he looking to take on anybody. He goes, No. Nah. So I'm working this, I'm doing this as a sort of part-time. So he was working for AO at the time. Right. So he was like doing replacement hobs. Yeah. Um, he would come and fit boilers. He was gas registered. Yeah, yeah. But he'd come and do like the other little jobs mm. other buildings. And he said, no, nah, I've I'm, I'm got a job. Mm. Keep me busy four days a week and I'll do this one day a week. And I said, all right. And then my son came in and I said, well, look, my son can do all this, he can do all that. And he went, what, your son's doing that? I went, yeah, yeah. So he went home that night. And then I got a text message. message I said to my son, if ever you want any extra help in drumming, just ask for some of the summer coming to your home. Yeah. So that evening I get a text message. He's um, leave available for a, for a day next week. I said, yeah, he'll be there. Just let me know when. And then another text message come back. Actually, it'll be a couple of days. Right? Not a problem. So my son leave, went to work with him for a couple of days a week after. And within that two days, I want to take him on full time. 
So it just shows, doesn't it, how even yeah. somebody who, because he, yeah. he saw something in my son, as, as I always do, it's like, if I don't take this guy on as an apprentice now, I'm probably going to struggle to find someone like this, yeah. even after a three-year apprenticeship, because mm-hmm. you just couldn't believe how my son was mm-hmm. like, he could just do the stuff on the tools, and it's like, he's, he's 17, he's still at school, how can he know all this stuff? Yeah. Because I've taught him at an early age. Right, and, and an early age. Well, yeah. And I've given the responsibility. Mm. Like I say, I'm not the sort of person when someone comes to, to work with us, it's like, you're on the broom, you're fetching the team, mm. you're cleaning up, it's like, yeah. you're on the tools. Mm. Day one. Yeah. I'm now your labourer. Yeah. That, that's how I sit, because for me, that is, that's just like really rewarding for me. And then at the end of the day, that person says, I've learned some new skills today. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you could be learning some new skills tomorrow. Mm and the next day, and the next day, and then you could be monetizing those skills and getting paid very well for it. But that's how my son become, become a plumber for somebody who didn't want a plumbing apprentice. So it's just, I mean, that's just a prime example, isn't it? If you, yeah. if you volunteer your time, and you didn't yeah, volunteer exactly. your time, you just need to be available if you need some help. Two days, and you didn't want to give them back. So <laughs> I must not... Like, yeah, well, the, the plan was always to, to get yeah. a plumbing apprenticeship, but yeah, so that's how we got that. But I mean, that plumbing is not, I mean, there's, there's literally, there's nothing they can't do, is there? I mean, they'll do brickwork, they'll put trusses on. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they do plastering, but one of them's had a go. I mean, even though they've got twins, they're chalk and cheese. Right. Very chalk and cheese. They're, they're, I mean, one's super skilled on the tools, mm. the other one is quite happy labouring right. and lugging stuff about, but then he likes an organised site, a tidy site, yeah. health and safety. He's always thinking about the next thing. Uh, and then one of them is like, yeah, I'll get all the first sticks done on there, and I'll go and flat pot, and I'll do all that. So it's a good thing that they've got different skills because mm-hmm. they don't sort of fight over doing each of his jobs. Yeah. Um, and they, they get, both get to enjoy doing what they're doing. You know, if I said to one of them, "Oh, can you go and clear up all that mess, all that?" He's like, "I'd rather just be doing the stuff around in that house or doing that." Whereas the other one's like, "I don't like a messy site." I must admit, that is one of the things that we've had a lot of chats around, not just here, but over social media, is your sites are always immaculate. There's yeah, there's people look at it like... never really anything else place, is well, it? we don't have wasted materials. I don't mm. like waste. Um, we recycle what we can. We keep it as tidy as we can. Because we want to set the example. Yeah. You know, we want people to say, well, actually, if that's a nice, tidy site, I want to go and work on that site. Mm. And I do get people on my social media saying, look, if ever you've got any trusses you want doing or anything, it's almost like they're, they're screaming just for work because it's yeah. like we never work in them conditions. But they will because, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing about having a, a tidy site, that reflects the quality of the product. Yeah. But I think part of that is because it reflects the quality of the labour that, that you don't go and procure, want to yeah. come and work for you, which is a big important distinction because they know that the stuff's going to be ready, it's going to be in the right place, it's going to be yeah. the right materials because you all know what you're doing. Mm. And that's half of the battle because most people go on site these days after stuff's not there. Fixings aren't there if they're chickens and they're trying to fix trusses. Brickies turn up and there's no tyres, there's no SBR, you know. It's, these are really common problems. Like, mm. it's, so your sites are so well organised, I can really see why people would want to do it. So I get that each of the lads have got different skills, but that's, mm. like I say, that's actually a really good thing. And one of my hardest jumps I ever made was from site manager to contract manager because mm. it wasn't about the construction, it was about the mindset. Because you go from, right, what's happening this week on this job? So I'm, like, I'm responsible for eight projects, and I'm thinking a quarter in advance. Yeah. And that's quite a big jump in terms of mindset. And I was 26, I think, at the time. Yeah, so yeah, and it was, mm. I actually contemplated dyeing my hair grey. Yeah, I did. Uh, so you fit in a bit better. 
I had a real big issue because I never went to university and I was kind of like self-taught and I did, I did put myself through college and like O and C and stuff. But I always had this fear that people would look at me and go, he's too young to have all this responsibility. Mm. And it was almost kind of like, like almost like a fear of being caught out. Yeah, even though like, I had yeah, like to prove my, myself to get the job. My age hasn't got this amount of years of experience, exactly. and therefore I'm not yeah. worthy. But far from it. And that was the thing, you know. I was in my first foot in a five years old with my dad. Mm. Albeit we were only digging it, and I mean the pictures now. If you look at it, you think. We were talking about trench collapses. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, this was like up here. Yeah, like I say, you were like four foot tall yeah. in a six foot trench. Six foot trench, yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, it was the seventies, so it was a bit different. But that's where my love for construction came from. And you know, I'm, I've been really fortunate, really fortunate to have some really good sage level mentors mm. and access to a lot of really good support. So that's why I was in those positions and that age. But it still didn't mean that in my mind, I still felt that actually, wow. You know, someone and you know, I was I was managing many site managers and, and project managers on big developments. Yeah. That were like twenty and thirty years older than me and you know, I've been pretty I've been toe to toe with people when they've said, You can't you can't tell me what to yeah. do, I've got thirty years on you and And that's a really interesting point because um when we came onto our last site of five houses, I said to my sons, I said, Well look, I'm gonna sort of take a bit of a step back. I said it's now time for you to step up and um like I said, you're going to become my equal partner split, you've got to earn your money. Um, so you're going to now start, t- start taking more responsibility. And I said to him, I said, look, one of the challenges you're going to have at 19 years old is telling someone in their 50s either how to do the job, yeah. what to do, the standard required, you know. And someone says, well, what do you know? You know, I'm three times your age, or, yeah. you know, you're still on the nickel, what do you know? It's almost like that. But, my sons have led by example. What they've done is they kept the site really tidy. The guys have seen them like grafting, whatever the weather. Yeah. The first on site yeah. grafting there at weekends. Um, you know, if a lorry comes in, they're giving the guy a hand. Yeah. Um, if the trades need it, you know, if they can see a trade like trying to get something out of the van, yeah. do you need a lift? Yeah. And what it's done is actually from the opposite way, where my sons, the, the respect for my sons at 19 years old has almost gone the opposite way, and they're like, you know, yeah, I've, I just want to work for you guys, because you guys know exactly what my job entails. And, you know, going back to the multi-school thing, you know, I understand what classes have got to go through. I understand what plumbers have got to go through. So, we, whenever people turn up on our side, they're always like, can't believe you've loaded that out there and that's just right next to the job and you took the scaffold out of the way so you can get things in yeah. and out and it's like if we know every step of the process yeah, you know what, what's going to yeah, be what the niggles and the pinch points and the pains are going to exactly. be exactly you know you guys want to get in you want to earn your money mm. and the last thing we need is you clearing off saying well i can't get on because my stuff's on the other side of the site yeah you know i've got my son through his telehandler license so mm. getting materials around. Yeah, that was just course. before you started the fire, wasn't it? Yeah, SMS, when, yes. When it was SMS, yes, it yeah. was around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, so, you know, you don't have to be 40 years old to run a site. You no. don't have to have 30 years of experience. As soon as you can give people these tools and, and explain to them about work ethic, yeah. um, you know, you are a team, whether you're on the broom or your management. It doesn't matter, it takes everybody. What happened when I was 19 years old? Um, the sooner you are like one big happy family on site. I mean, we've just done five hours here like eight months in a week. Yeah, I know, that was nice. From start to finish. You know, and we didn't have a lot of labour on that site. 
I mean, every interesting thing you talk about how clean our sites are, apart from all the pallets which we took over to other sites ready for deliveries, we cleared that site in a full transit. Mm. You know, we've got, we've got waste bins, we've got a microwave, we've got a fridge and a kettle. We had one bucket with probably 100 wall tires in it. We had um, a couple of bits of timber and about 16 bricks. Well, that was it. Oh, and half bag of cement. Mm. So it's always like we have no wastage. Um, we just, yeah, we're just on a tight ship, you know, and I teach my sons that, and they always, say, they always laugh at me and they say, what we're going to have left here and like one brick, and like, probably not even that. But they can't believe I work out my materials, yeah. and they say, how do you know all this? It's like, just come with that thing. Yeah, isn't it? I don't want to downplay that, because it is massive what you've got to do. But if you know what you're doing, it's like anything, you know, Elton John is an amazing pianist. So one of my goals is to play piano, you yeah, know. You said, yeah. And I mean, I'm living with Elton John, but once you know how to do it, it isn't terribly difficult to do. No. So if you've got someone that really, really wants to learn and really keen and not and, and almost like hungry for it, mm. you can teach them and show them how to actually get it done. Yeah. And the result, you know, the results are there to see. Aren't they? I mean, the quality yeah. of those five houses. Yeah, I mean. Um Leading by example, you know, if I'm teaching people how to do product development, the last thing they want to see is pictures of crap. Mm. You know, I won't accept it, whether it's on my side or anybody else's side. <coughs> I mean, some of the people I do teach, you know, I'll go, I'll purposely go and have a site visit. Yeah. And say, well, yeah, you know, let's, let's see how we can keep the sites tidy, let's mm. make sure health and safety is in place, let's see if there's some value engineering we can do so we can save some money. Um, I, don't, I don't want to see someone go and build their own houses and then hemorrhage load of money and mm. when it's unnecessary. So. You know, but you, it's in you, whether you, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, like, whether I'm doing a job for myself, like my own house, a mate, a customer, someone I'm never even going to meet, it's the same standard of work. It's either right or it's yeah. wrong. There is no, that will do. Yeah. You know, and my mentor had to sort of say to me, he said, look, you know, you're going to find it get hard getting people mm-hmm. working for you. He said, but if you can accept that 80% of your high standard yeah. is okay, he said, you'll be alright, and you know, you've got to realise that not everyone's like you, No. and you know, they are a price, but I will say to them, there's a standard, yeah. and if you drop below the standard, you're either going to yeah, do it again, or you won't work for us again. Mm. I mean, I know one of your mentees had a problem with bricklayers, that contractor on Six multiple times, and he had to, you know, he paid for stuff to be done that had not yeah. really been done properly, not done yeah, at just, all in some just cases. Just people trying to pull a bit of wood of his eyes with naivety, yeah. you know, and then, um, you know, he's had six gangs of bricklayers, he's got a good gang in there now. And I said to him, I said, oh, you know, fair play for you going through that. And he said, look, what I've learned is that no one is expendable. Mm. He said, so it's actually taught me a very good lesson yeah. that I'm not going to put up with it. Mm. And you're right, set the standard in. Yeah. People don't work for any standards, you're not working on my yeah, site. Don't, don't come back. Back on track, um, yeah, you're going to make life-changing money, 450 grand for a yeah, year's work. for him, literally, that is life-changing, isn't it? And yeah, so it's almost like saying, I'm going to get rewarded out of this regardless, mm. but I'm not prepared to put it with a substandard work just to make an extra few quid. Yeah. He had a two week delay in the programme mm. of, of no bricklayers on site. But he's like, what's important to me is getting my first site delivered, paying my lenders back, making sure those homeowners move in and they've got no problems. He said, standing back and being proud, he said, and showing my son and my family that I've done it, it right. Yeah, you know that's what's important, and that's the good thing about the people that are in in the kind of the developing homes network is yeah. that 
that is the the mindset, you know. And and I, I do find it fascinating. I find it really good because you know, let's not muck about. You've got people making decisions like that to put quality first, mm. set against the backdrop where they've got funding that's cost in per week.
you know, I'll, I'll be putting some posts out on my social media and saying, look, if there's anybody, I'm not going to discriminate the age, but ideally I want to try and give people, younger people an opportunity and say, look, if people want to come and work for a couple of weeks, reach out to me, we'll put you with some trades or we'll take you around and we'll say, look, come and work for us, we'll come and do a bit of roofing for a couple of weeks, we'll come and lay some bricks. And just come out and have a good time, we'll look after you and just give them that opportunity to say, yeah, do you know what, I love this job and I could see myself doing it for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And then they'll start employing people. You know, it takes people like us to, to keep the economy going. You yeah, might just think it's a, it's a couple of guys or it's one apprenticeship or we're building one house a year. But the days of jobs for life are gone. Yeah. These big companies that take on three, four, five thousand stuff are gone. They're not going to, because the market can change like that. And, You've got a big headache to try and get rid of. You, you, know, you, so you can't reverse that quickly. So entrepreneurs, self-employed, small business owners, that's what's going to keep the economy going and, and provide jobs and opportunities. Yeah. And, and out yeah. into the wider economy. I mean, I talked about the issue in St. Helens years ago, and you know, I saw firsthand in a bad environment, in a bad way, just how far-reaching the consequences of construction businesses can be. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you touched on modern methods of construction. I, you could probably count on one end I know you've got six figures, but you could count that the amount of small builders in the UK yeah. that are actually doing working in the sort of the domestic to one to five units yeah, yeah. that are going to embrace modern methods of construction because you know they're they're one, one they're probably don't know about it. They don't. Exactly. They're not like safe. Yeah, and then they just want to keep doing what the rinse and keep doing what they always do because yeah. they've got a brickie, they've got a chipping, and that's their model. And yet you're saying, well, other me, no, we're going to, we are massively going to start yeah. looking at MMC. And you know. It's probably going to take people like me and some of the other guys that come to the training to say, do you know what? I've got to do this, and I'm probably not going to make anywhere near the amount of money, but I might have done it in a fraction of time. Yeah. And then there might be a few people that say, I get the benefits now. I mean, look at Elon Musk with electric car. Exactly. You know, if it, if, I do believe if it wasn't for Elon Musk with electric car, we would be nowhere near as confident in buying an electric car. No, we wouldn't. We just sure. wouldn't. You know, so take, I'm not saying I'm Elon Musk by any means, I'm certainly not, but I'm just using him as an example where it just takes people to say, yeah, I've got to put my foot forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, my council have approached me about using modern methods of construction, so we're in talks with that. Um, we're going to start, start some more talks with that this year. And I just said, look, you know, this is not about the money for me. It's about saying, look, if we can use these modern methods of construction and inspire a few of the councils or tradesmen or construction companies to look at the day, the benefits, open safety, yeah. speed to market, yeah. quality, um, then yeah, we're, we're interested in, and you just don't know, you know, you've only got to build one house before you know a thousand houses have been built to pick up one house. Yeah, they will. Train one person, give that result a thousand people took the education. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do our first one, probably as long as we can in MMC, just yeah. for speed for execution and yeah. to try and de risk it for the finance people, you know. So, from our perspective, that's why we're doing it. But if I'm really honest, we probably would look to just to roll that out yeah. and, and just go down that route because, you know, it does bring the construction time down. I mean, one of the big cost adds to a construction budget is brilliant. Yeah. And if you can take four to six weeks off the program, you know, that's big money when you've got stuff on finance and you're paying project management fees. And like I said, you know, it is finding that full sequence of trades that can be there on time for a reasonable price, you know, um, and you've only got to have one of those links of that chain broken and, like you say, you're four weeks to the other side of the building. Exactly. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, 
I've got to say, what a fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed I mean, maybe you can sit here and talk for a week, really, can we? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solving, yeah. yeah quality, advice, yeah. Things to do with young people massively. But, no, thank you. It's been really good. I appreciate the time. And, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, there's a few people out there that have took something away from this. Yeah. Um, give them a bit of food for thought and say, yeah, do you know what? I will just find a, a trade guy out there and, and I'll volunteer myself and go and do a couple of weeks of work. And I think anybody who does that, like me and Richard, at some point, you're just going to want to start giving back in your life to say, yeah, yeah, you know, it's my responsibility and mm. I can have a lot of positive effect in, in the world to do that. So, and like I say, really to inspire people. It's never too late, you know. I mean, there's kids out there that, you know, they haven't always been the right side of the tracks. I know I haven't. I've spent a lot of time on the wrong side and, you know, it isn't ever too late. And construction is a pretty forgiving environment. Mm. So, there are always opportunities for people and, you know, if, you know, people sometimes do sort of take time to reflect when they're sort of locked away in environments they didn't really want to be in, perhaps they never thought they would be. And you know, if you want to come and get a role in construction, there's massive opportunities to actually put something back into society. So. Yeah. I mean I don't regret one minute in the construction industry. You meet some fantastic people, it's changing. Um, there's always going to be plenty of work. Yeah. You're going to get paid really well for it. Uh, and it 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 just got work. If you've got any questions about construction, developing, finance, buying land, honestly there's enough experience in there, he will give you all the advice you want for free. I mean, it is a I mean you can learn just by being in the group and yeah. watching the conversation flow, can't you? Yeah, I mean, so some the community, reach out on that, uh, and yeah, introduce yourself, tell people where you're from, what you're looking for, yeah. and hopefully yeah, you'll be like me and Richard are, like building homes and helping young people get into employment and, and following the construction career. Indeed. Great to see you, fella. Pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the On The Block podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Richard does, please visit his website, www.stonecontracts.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy his show. Thanks for listening and see you soon on the blog.